Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we make the worst decision in the world on doing our first ever post-game crossover with the Lockdown Devils as they bring a thumping to the Detroit Red Wings. Red Wings lose their first game in regulation, a final score of 6-2. to two. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio 950. Scotty is a freelance journalist for the Detroit News and host of Locked On Tigers. There you got us through our part. Today, we are doing a crossover episode with the host of Locked On New Jersey Devils, Trey Matthews. He is a very happy camper today, I would imagine. But, you know, got to say it anyways. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I mean, the, uh, I was expecting, with all due respect, a better battle because I we said were it, too. <laughs> I said it in the last episode because you guys beat us uh, second game of the year in, you know, pretty dominant fashion, five to two, if my memory serves me correctly. So, and you guys haven't lost in regulation going into this game. So I was expecting a better fight or, you know, at the very least, if the Devils were going to win, maybe it would be by the skin of their teeth, especially how we lost to the Washington Capitals just last night. Well, and so Scotty and I talked about this a little bit yesterday and we were talking about how this is like the last team and with all due respect to you. I don't think either of our teams are probably going to be playoff teams yet. I mean, the Devils looked fantastic tonight. It could be a close race in your division in Metropolitan for maybe one of those wild cards, but the Atlantic division is absolutely stacked. Um, so we were talking last night that like this might be the last time for a while because I think we play the, what, the Capitals next. It's so the Red Boston, Wings, Boston, Minnesota, Washington. Uh, yeah, Buffalo's it's a, a, nice a stretch. Like the next five or six. Yeah. And we were talking about like you have to get these two points. You got to stay hot now because you're going to start playing like the bona fide playoff contenders. But you know, the Devils came out off the second half of a back-to-back, and we, we all know those underlying numbers. They showed it on the broadcast. You're like, top in Corsi, four percentage, top in shots, four per game. It's just the one thing was that you were letting up goals that probably shouldn't happen, and the Devils were not converting on their opportunities. Well, tonight, the Red Wings got a reality check. They came back down to earth. They will, in fact, not go uh, lossless in regulation throughout the season, and the Devils, I think, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I have a feeling you're going to back me up. This was an accumulation of all the good things you saw finally coming to a head. Yeah, so in our last game against Washington Capitals, I was actually talking to Michael DiStefano of Locked on Leafs about the overall advanced analytics for New Jersey Devils. Like, if you were to, like, look at the last game for the Washington Capitals, um, you know, I could tell the big difference between if you're scoreboard watching or if you're actually like looking at the the analytics or or the actual game itself, because the fact of the matter is this: the New Jersey Devils they created a lot of good high danger shots for themselves. They had a lot of grade A chances. They were you know trying to uh, formulate a decent game plan. Unfortunately, it didn't pan out in their uh, favor just due to you know some defensive lapses. Mackenzie Blackwood didn't have his best outing. And, you know, Bryce Salvador, who's a friend of my show and also, you know, an analysis for MSG, he actually acknowledged it during a timeout a couple games ago, which is the New Jersey Devils. You know, if you look at their goals against and their goals for uh, numbers, they're actually top in the league um, yeah. going into the matchup against Washington Capitals. 
they were tops in both respective categories. So you know the New Jersey Devils, their overall game plan is better than it has been in the last few years. And the fact of the matter is, like, you know, the scoreboard doesn't do us justice. I know we're middle of the pack right now in the Metro and still very early. But the fact of the matter is this. The New Jersey Devils have, you know, created decent looks for themselves, but the overall execution was lacking. And this game against you guys and then uh, a few games ago against the New York Islanders was basically the epitome of what the New Jersey Devils could potentially be, which is they're a team that can run and gun. They're a team that can, you know, capitalize on your mistakes. They're a team that if they have decent goaltending, then this might actually be somewhat of a respectable season for them. I mean, I know I'm kind of dominating here, Scotty. I apologize, but I mean, I do have a soft spot for the Devils too with, I mean, you look at, I believe it was, uh, gosh, Scotty, I'm drawing a blank here, but somebody had those prospect depth pool rankings at the start of the season and it was wings and devils right next to each other in the top five and the devils the athletic yeah it was it chris pronman yeah maybe the one I'm thinking it, might, it might have been dom i don't know somebody yeah. yeah so and the the talent pool that the devils have is so great but it's so young i think they're the youngest team in the nhl this year because the red wings made a bunch of offseason acquisitions not no they're they're one up i think the youngest team in the nhl are either the buffalo sabers or the columbus blue jackets so the second or third youngest team in the nhl and that's why i wasn't sure what to expect out of the devils coming into the season because the talent they have is real it's just that are the is that talent got enough experience and have they enough have played enough games to bring it all together and and this was the game where it really came all together for uh the new jersey devils and they picked apart the detroit red wings and scotty i mean i don't know if you want to talk about it but the Red Wings looked bad in every zone. And it was something we talked about yesterday and yesterday's episode, what they got to do to continue to continue this hot streak. And they did none of that in this game. Yeah. I mean, what we talked about on yesterday's episode really holds like no merit anymore. Like it's completely, it's not even a conversation of, Oh, they didn't do the things we talked about or, Oh, they, they, they didn't do these points that we highlighted and that we wanted to really hone in on as like areas for improvement or whatnot. Like they did nothing. There was no part of the Detroit Red Wings game that was good in this one the offense was brutal they had what five six shots after the first period were like legitimately minutes into the second period and had not hit double digit shots yet um the, the penalty kill finally gave up a goal that was the first penalty kill goal they've given up all season um and not that that was going to last anyway but still just like everything that possibly could have gone wrong did ned didn't look great but also that was one of the worst that's easily the worst defensive performance by the wings this season i don't think that's even remotely close and you know dating back to last season like that's up there with with uh uh i, I guess well <laughs> during some stretches maybe an on-brand defensive performance from if we're comparing it to last year but really really brutal all around i i there's not too many bright spots when it comes to areas of the game maybe some individual performances but as far as groups go literally everything was was just brutal i mean like I, I kind of felt, I tweeted it out, I think, after uh, maybe, I think it was a shorthanded goal, because it really felt when they gave up that shorthanded goal, I was like, this is the devil's game. Like This is going to be the first loss, because when yeah. you get a penalty in front of your own net like that, or you, you draw a penalty in front of your own net, so you're going to get that face-off in the offensive zone. I'm sorry, it was in front of the devil's net, rather. You get that face-off in the offensive zone, and then you immediately cough the puck up 12 seconds into the face-off, and it goes down for a shorthanded goal. And then also, you know, you'll back up a little bit. We talk about face-offs. Now, I do believe they were winning the face-offs for the two periods, but one key face-off that they lost, as uh, 
Trey, for context for you, Red Wings are horrible on faceoffs this season. They have four left-handed centermen. They can't win draws. They lose almost every game in draws, draw percentages. Their power play goal the Devils had, the first one the Red Wings let up all season, was off of a faceoff. So, you know, we talk about those things that they needed to improve on and things they needed to keep doing. The power play that they had three goals off of in the game against the Ducks stunk. The penalty kill that was perfect stunk. It was just all around. It was a bad game. And I mean, again, credit to your devils, Trey, because they just absolutely swarmed. I mean, what was the, was there a standout performer? One player you thought was the best player on the ice in this game? (laughs) It's funny how you say best player on the ice. We devils fans say he's the best player in the NHL. Are you guys familiar with Jesper Bratt? Like, just be honest with me. We talked about him yesterday because um, we, we recorded did. before the Capitals game. So at the time he had eight assists and no goals, but I believe he scored a goal yesterday. And now again tonight, I believe. Twice. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so Jesper Bratt is currently tied for first place for, at the time of recording, for the most points in the NHL uh, for right now. So the inside joke is that we Devils fans always say that he is the best player in the NHL. And he has been so good for New Jersey Devils just – you know, uh, so far in seven straight games, he's racked up a point. The record for the New Jersey Devils is 10. So uh, hopefully he's able to, um, you know, get it to 11, whatever the case might be. But that's a few steps ahead. But going into the season, I said that Jesper Bratt is still one of the more underrated players in the entire NHL. Just because, like, um, despite him having a good season last year and leading the New Jersey Devils in points, assists, and tied with Jack Hughes for most goals on the team, I still said outside the Metro, no one was really talking about him. And I said uh, in my article for Pucks and Pitchforks, which is the site I work at for uh, the New Jersey Devils or um, or whether it's uh, or whether it's a podcast episode, whatever the case might be. I said this season is going to be Jesper Brad's breakout year because I think he is definitely uh, in the running to to make the all star team if he keeps up uh, this very good productive pace that he has and. That's why I asked you guys, are you familiar with Jesper Brad? Are you familiar with what he could potentially do? Just because, uh, you know, I still feel as though he's very underrated. And once he becomes an all-star, similar to Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes, then uh, I think that's his true breakout season for the Devils. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I think that you're, you're spot on with the underrated conversation with him. I think he, especially, again, if he can continue a pace this season. I really liked um in well, I didn't like it because it was against my team, but uh <laughs> yeah. I, I thought uh I thought Mercer looked phenomenal tonight. I don't like that's somebody that that uh as far as familiarity goes, like I, I'm not too familiar with, but I thought he was incredible. Like even besides the goal in this one, I, I thought he was a really big standout and I saw that uh, a, a lot of conversation, a lot of discourse after he had scored it just about how good he's looked so far this season too. Oh, yeah, he's definitely taken a few steps forward. The name of the game for Dawson Mercer, don't hit the rookie uh, or don't hit the sophomore year slump, excuse me. Sure. So that, that's, the name of the game. <laughs> that's the name of the game for, for Dawson Mercer right now because last year he was actually competing for the first few months uh, with uh, – uh, Lucas Raymond for possibly, mm-hmm. you know, being the favorite to win the Calder Trophy. And then uh, to, as the season progressed, it went to obviously Mo Sider, you know, still on your team. But still, um, the thing about Dawson Mercer is that going into the season, I said he is definitely going to be an X factor for the New Jersey Devils just because he has solid production. He has great speed. I think Jack Hughes has really done a great job during the course of last year, just getting the full potential out of Dawson Mercer. And now the name of the game this year for Dawson Mercer was like, 
can he still blossom without the assistance of Jack Hughes? Because, you know, Jack Hughes can't continue to hold the hand of Dawson Mercer or Yegor Sharon Govich for the next couple of years. They're going to have to break out and become their own players. And, you know, we saw Yegor Sharon Govich. He got a shorthanded goal, went top shelf on the Delkovich or, um, you know, Dawson Mercer able to tie the game in period number one. So uh, this was definitely an A-plus performance for the New Jersey Devils because, you know, despite getting off to a slow start because the first three or so minutes of the game, I was actually nervous because I, they looked tired. They looked like the Red Wings uh, came out the more aggressive team. Once they scored that first goal, I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be a long night because their <laughs> levels are – this is going to be a back-to-back for the New Jersey Devils. So I just thought, you know, they're out of it. But then – once Dawson Mercer tied it up, I was just like, the, just something clicked. And just, you know, uh, the Devils just put their foot on the gas pedal, didn't look back. Second period was a name of poor special teams for the uh, Detroit Red Wings, giving up uh, a shorthanded goal and also a power play goal. Uh, the shorthanded to uh, Sharon Govich and then the power play to uh, Jesper Bratt. So ultimately, guys, you know, no disrespect or anything, but – you know, this was just our game to win. And, oh, absolutely. You know. We won't deny that. The, the Red Wings played like crap and the Devils played phenomenal. Um, when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. Scotty and I will talk about the lone bright spot in this game for the Detroit Red Wings. And obviously, we'll continue talking to Trey because I want to talk to you about Damon Severson because uh, I think he had a phenomenal game and the metrics back it up. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about bet online oh i gotta use the smaller banner for this one that way we don't block scotty's beautiful face we wouldn't want that nah, but online.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season find all the latest player developments team matchups and news podcasts and in-depth analysis on every game and as always but online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events including mlb mma boxing and golf Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Please Segment- remember to gamble responsibly. Yes, and gamble responsibly for sure. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are joined by Trey Matthews of Lockdown New Jersey Devils. As he, uh, Two of us are very uh, down bad about this game, and one of us is very excited, and I'm pretty sure you all know who it is. But – Scotty, I want to talk real quick. The Red Wings had a lone bright spot in this game, and Dominic Kubelik continues to play incredibly well for the Detroit Red Wings. And now it wasn't like everyone. Nobody had a consistently good game throughout. But Kubelik did register another goal and an assist. So he had a point on both ga- uh, both goals for the Red Wings in this game. And, I mean, it just goes to show, like, he's feeling more and more. And, again, through now six games, we want to pump the brakes a little bit. Derek Lalone said so. Pump the brakes a little bit in this pre-game media availability. (laughs) Um, But now he's up to, what, 10 points in six games with the Detroit Red Wings. He has been one of the most, I won't even say one of the most exciting players for Detroit Red Wings fans through these first six. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you continue to see the the benefits of having him on your team and, and especially in games like this where, you're just getting outclassed and outplayed pretty much across the board in every single category. And and to just have someone that you know, at, hey, at least I know for a fact that if the puck gets on Dominic Kubelik's stick, he's going to rip it and just put the puck on net at least. Like th- those are the games where I, I think he only had two shots in this one, but th- th- these are the games where when, when the shot totals low and, and you can't seem to get any offense going, these are the games that you're thankful you still have Kubalik at least on your offense for 
a large majority of the night because uh, I mean, clearly, right. He, he was, he, he had points for in, in the only two goals that we scored. So uh, I think that that's very much a lone bright spot and somebody that I think everyone continues to get more and more excited about. And it's, yeah, he's been a great addition clearly, but obviously can't be responsible for, you know, seven goals on his own tonight, yeah. which is what it would have taken for uh, for for the team to overcome it. So yeah, a lone bright spot for sure doesn't change anything. Uh, but nice to have him and at least know, you know, the, the shots aren't coming. But if Kubalik's out there, you know, we can we can at least kind of assume that that some shots are going to get on that at some point. I teased it before uh, the break, though, as well. Trey, Damon Severson's probably another guy in the Devils that isn't getting a lot of uh, media hype uh, around just national media, locked on media. But he had a very good game tonight. If you look at five-on-five five expected goals for percentage, his expected goals for percentage in this game was about, uh, I have it up here, it's got to find it, was 81.19%. So we're talking about the quality shots for versus quality shots against he was an 80th percentile which is incredible so i want to ask you is this something that we should expect out of a guy like severson more often or is this more of a he just had a great game he had a great game and um you know he he was one of our best defensemen last year especially from the offensive side of things but the problem with damon severson and his overall situation with the new jersey devils is um, we're kind of in an impasse when it comes to his future because the, the the fact of the matter is this. He's a very good player, and I love having him on the roster despite him making some boneheaded plays at times. The, the problem is, like, he's going to have to get paid. So the, the question is, like, do we trade him? Do we uh, keep him around? Do we, you know, bite the bullet and pay him? I don't think uh, door number two is going to happen. I think best-case scenario is that you're going to have to trade him while his value is still – somewhat decent so Severson he knows that he's most likely on borrowed time for a New Jersey Devils and he's a great player he had a great game like you said he was able to have an assist um, a couple games ago he had a great pass to, uh, towards uh, Jack Hughes for getting his uh, first uh, first of the year if my if my memory serves me well but um, overall Damon Severson he's a very good player uh, one of our best offensive defensemen uh, on the team and, you know, I love having him, but the problem is, is, like, his future with the New Jersey Devils, I can't get too attached. That's just the name of the game. Can I just say really quickly, Kessel just scored his 400th goal in this yeah. game of all games. Let's go. It just happened right now. Wow. He becomes the NHL Ironman and scores 400 in the same night. Unreal. I love that, man. You know, I have a buddy of mine who, uh, not to get too off topic, but he was preaching to me in the locker room before every game. He's like, Get, we need to get Phil Kessel here. We need to get Phil Kessel here. And I, I was like, I don't know, man. Like, how much does he have left in the tank? Well, apparently a lot because he's still playing at a pretty high level. So I'll bite the bullet. And I was wrong. I, I've been I've been wrong before. Um, but back hey, to he's playing in Vegas. He's playing in Vegas. People get lucky in Vegas all the time. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, oh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, the what did you see out of your goaltender too in this game? Obviously, you went back to Vincent Venetek. I believe this was his second game played. The first time. He played was against the Detroit Red Wings in their 5-2 victory over the Devils. I yeah. will say, too, in that game against the Devils, that first one, I thought that the Devils outplayed the Red Wings in that game as well, but it was because of goaltending. Mostly, I would say bad defense as well, as to why the Red Wings came out with the win in that one. But yeah, he went back to Venetrek against the Red Wings in this one. And this time, you know, he they, obviously the Red Wings didn't get a ton of shots, but he made the saves that counted, and you guys walked away with a 6-2 win. Yeah, I mean, the thing about goaltending is that 
uh, Vitek Vanacek was bound to get another chance because in the last game against Washington Capitals, um, the, the, the fact of the matter is this, Mackenzie Blackwood didn't have his best outing. You know, he, I'm sure there were a few saves that he would have liked to have back. Obviously, there were some defensive lapses, like I said, early on in the episode. So Vitek uh, Vanacek had to come in and save face. But this was certainly a, a much-needed booster for Vanacek to try to improve upon his stats because, like you said, first game of the year against the Detroit Red Wings didn't do all that hot. And the, the, the name of the game is this for New Jersey Devils. We're going to have to find which goalie has the hot hand and just ride with that because we went from, like, having a solid uh, goalie tandem to now just saying, like, who sucks the least? <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, it was a true challenge for Mackenzie Blackwood against Washington Capitals because his three wins, you know, and not to discredit him because he certainly earned, um, you know, being named one of the top NHL performers uh, last week. He was one of the NHL's three stars. Um, not to discredit him, but he's playing against the Anaheim Ducks. He's playing against the New York Islanders. He's playing against the San Jose Sharks. And, you know, Anaheim Ducks talked with J.D. Hernandez of Locked On Ducks about this. You know, they give up a lot of shots on, on goal. So, you know, it's hard for the Ducks to retaliate on their in their offensive uh, zone pressure. Or, you know, you look at the San Jose Sharks. They're purposely, even if they're not going to admit this, they're purposely tanking for Connor Bedard. Correct. And then, um, you know, when look at the New York Islanders, they didn't get a shot on goal on Mackenzie Blackwood until halfway done with period number one. So he didn't really have that much of a challenge, but at the same time, they still got a few good, decent looks uh, coming his way. So my thing for the goaltending for a New Jersey Devils is that I think it's heading in the right direction. I still think Mackenzie Blackwood is going to be the go-to guy for a New Jersey Devils moving forward. And Vitek Vanacek had a very solid outing for uh, the Devils this time around against the Detroit Red Wings. He made a few key stops because even though the New Jersey Devils were in the lead at one point, uh, you know, it, it was a 4-1 game. And he made a big stop. And, you know, that could have been a momentum booster for the Detroit Red Wings because there was still time remaining in the game. So so my thing is, like, the goaltending is starting to improve. It's starting to get better. And I have more faith in it this season than I did last year. But it's not perfect. But if we want to be somewhat competitive, if we want to, you know, earn a wild card position, which is my ceiling for New Jersey Devils this year, goaltending is definitely going to have to be the name of the game moving forward. And like you said, you know, despite the New Jersey Devils looking at, you know, or creating decent looks for themselves, they just can't stop anything. And I talked with Michael DeStefano of Locked on Leafs uh, just last night about that, how the New Jersey Devils, despite the scoreboard not doing them justice, they still, you know, uh, crushed the Washington Capitals in the advanced stats column. Mm -hmm. And Normally, I'm not the biggest fan at looking, you know, at advanced analytics. I'm oh, more I'm a big fan of advanced analytics. I'm We're going to disagree on that. Ryan's a nerd. <laughs> I, I'm more of a I'm more of a like you know old school kind of guy, which is like you know, you know okay, test, yeah. yeah, 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 just like does the goal did the shot go in? I don't care at velocity, I don't care what angle, I don't care you know what's the expectancy or whatever the case might be. But I'm just trying to shed some light for you know the front office for probably not trying to be too uh, you know quick to move on from our head coach of Lindy Ruff, and that's probably the name of the game. And Bryce Salvador admitted to it, just like you know. Uh, that's that's what that's what the Devils have right now, which is game planning is looking decent, but you know can they execute? And I talked about on the power play against the Philadelphia Flyers, it, it looks more polished, it looks more uh, ready to go. And the New Jersey Devils, it looks like they create decent looks for themselves. But yeah, you know, I know I sound like a broken record when I say this, but execution sometimes lacking. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are going to wrap this conversation up next in segment three, but before we can get there, I do got to talk to you guys today about Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. You, you're going to know this because, I mean, they have they will send people to your house without you there if they detect something wrong. That's the type of home security that you're going to get with Simply Safe. If they detect a threat is real, they're going to send cops there and then let you know. Like that is just incredible that it's just automatic in the way that they defend you. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 seven professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why you're going to love it. With 24 seven professional monitoring, simply safe agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency. If even if you're, home or cannot be reached if you're not home or cannot be reached that's what i was just talking about simply safe blankets your home protection with advanced sensors for every room window and door hd security cameras for inside and outside your home smarter ways to detect motion that alert you when a threat is real and when even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires floods and other threats to your home Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on nhl save 20 percent on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free, visit simplysafe.com slash lockdown NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Segment three, Lockdown uh, Red Wings. We are joined by Trey Matthews of Lockdown Devils. We're breaking down the Red Wings 6 2 loss, or if you're Trey, the Devils 6 2 win uh, from last night. And uh, Scotty, I wanted to talk to you about this in regards to uh, the VTech Vinicek. VTech Vinicek. VTech Vinicek. I got to say it three times because I kept messing up that first name, but it's VTech. Vanacek. 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 These, these European names, man. You know how long we, we had Elmer Soderblom in camp all, all preseason, and I'm like, I'm waiting for somebody to pronounce his name because I can't. I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> There's all these Europeans, man. VTech. Vanacek. 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 Now, Okay. Now here's the here's the thing. Like you, you and I are both play-by-play announcers. I always say like the one of the criteria is to uh, play hockey. You need a confusing last name that right. nobody knows how to pronounce. Serious? No, it really is. I mean, even That's at the great. ACHA level, which I do, there's still guys like that. And it's just like, where do these people come? <laughs> well, overseas <laughs> in Europe, evidently. Um, but with Nadelkovich, he has kind of caught a bad break. Um, this was a game I don't feel is in, entirely on him. And we've been, I wouldn't say we've been ragging on him, Scotty. He's been playing okay in the games he has. But, I mean, in the Red Wings' losses, he's been in net for most of them, except for the loss um, the other night with Billy Husso in net. But it, he's been, Lalone said it during the pregame press media availability, that his losses that he was in net for were during home openers for other teams. And then, obviously, tonight against the Devils, who are, just came out and flying and his team gave him no support. I thought with what the devils ended up with almost over 40 shots on net. In this 41, month, yeah. 41 shots. I thought he played fine. I, I have a hard time giving him, a, you know, a tough time in this game where he got no support. It looked a lot like last year. This is, this is just one of those games where I can't blame Nadelkovich and I will cut him some slack because he was not given any help. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. And and uh, that 
both can be true. Like he can have let up some bad goals. I thought that the sixth goal was not a very sounds weird to say, I guess, but I, I didn't think that the I think it was the last goal, the fifth or sixth goal. Um whatever one was was just kind of a breakaway from the wing there. But uh, uh yeah, I I didn't think that he was he certainly wasn't stellar, he wasn't great, he wasn't even good, but no, I, I think that this performance was much more of an indictment on how poor the defense was than it was anything really on net. And and I know that everything went wrong. Like no one's no one's rushing to the defense and being like, oh, like he looked great. Like no, he he didn't look good either. But I I do tend to agree with you. Right, I think this is way more of a the defense was absolutely putrid than it was ned was you know really terrible i thought that it was just i mean there was one whatever the the scramble in front of the net where then it ended up being like a spinorama whatever goal like where is anyone yeah no one like that was <laughs> are you referring to nico keisher's goal where um basically let's see how if okay let's see if i can uh okay so that was created by thomas tatar and Nadelkovich basically got exposed because uh, Nico Heischer was right in front of the crease. And all Nico Heischer had to do was just do a simple right. spin around move and found the back of the net with ease. I think yeah. that's a. I said yeah, exactly. napping right there. Unfortunately, he was just oh, caught yeah. in a vulnerable position. That was, well, yeah, that was the case. And that's for... my point. Like, it wasn't even that, that wasn't even like, you know, like, what is Ned really supposed to do? Like, yeah, he might, he might have, uh, you know, overbit and, and went a little too far out of there, I guess. But the, the forwards are nowhere. The defense is nowhere. Like, there was no one there to help. And that was just really the story of the game. I mean, it was, it was any shot you can imagine. The, the like, peppered shots just to get, like, a shot on net. It was the high danger shots. It was shots from the slot. Like, there, there was no resistance on literally anything. Like, honestly these are the kind of games that are like maybe not as much in, in, in Trey's instance, but in our, like when you get just destroyed, those are tough games to even analyze because like, that's clearly, I mean, hopefully not what we're going to see. Like this is very clearly so far this season, six games in an outlier. So like, it's hard to even be like, Oh, like, like, yes, it was all terrible, but I, I don't expect them to go out there and play like this every game, the rest of the season, like this no. sucked. It was a stinker. It, I, I hated watching every second of it. It was absolutely brutal. And, like, that's just what it is. You take your lumps. Every team in the NHL at some point is going to have a brutal game. It's just about minimizing them and going out and winning and, you know, rebounding and, and putting up a way better performance the next time you go out there than it is anything else. Scotty, I mean, Lalone, sorry to cut you off. Lalone tried to warn us before the game, during the pregame uh, media availability after practice, and he said, you know, um, you know, check yourself, you know, the reality checks come in. What was the exact word he used? He said, pump the brakes. He said, pump yeah, the brakes. He said at five on five, we're not playing very well. We've gotten luck. We've got good goaltending and uh, power play has begun to come alive. Penalty kill has been great, but at five on five, we have not been playing well. And I mean, obviously along with the special teams, but today they really got exposed. So I was texting you and I was like, Man, Derek Lalonde was a little bit of a bummer today. The Red Wings have been so hot, and he's out here being like, oh, don't expect – like, we're not a high-caliber team. We might not even be a mid-caliber team. And then, like, they go out there and drop that performance. And it's like, wow, he, he tried. He, he was uh, trying to warn us for sure. He might. <laughs> he might be the head coach of the hockey team for a reason. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Trey, 
for what yet final thoughts, man, like go ahead and just live it up. <laughs> okay. I don't mean to add insult to injury, I'll but go for it. They played just bad. Brad dominated in this game, right? Okay. We've mm-hmm. established that two goals and one assist. This might stun you guys, but Jesper Brad got the third least amount of ice time on the entire roster for New Jersey Devils. So people like Michael McLeod got more ice time than him. So uh, Alexander Holtz got the least amount of ice time, which was to be expected because it seems like his skates are heavier than usual. I don't know why. Then Dawson Mercer got the second least amount of ice time. Then Jesper Bratt. So this is one of the reasons why, you know, the New Jersey Devils, we have these discussions saying, should Lindy Ruff be fired or not? Because we don't know what, why is Jesper Bratt getting the third least amount of ice time when he's uh, dominating like this. So I just had to say that for, for my uh, respective fan base, which is I understand and I, I hear it. And, you know, we just got to, that's just another glaring issue that the New Jersey Devils need to work out. So, well, it was like you know, Verana being on the third line last year at the end of the year. Why was Jacob Verana playing on the third line? Yep. You know, there's just sometimes you're like, what, what is the head coach thinking? This guy's a top six forward. Yeah, but no one's going to really talk about it just because the Devils came out and dominated in this game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like I do every episode, if I had to give a letter grade for New Jersey Devils, I'm going to say this is going to be my first A+. plus Because despite letting off the, the first goal of the game, they rebounded. Then the second period became their period. They got shorthanded goal. They got a power play goal. And, you know, despite the, the Red Wings uh, cutting the lead in half 4-2, to two, uh, the New Jersey Devils were able to get a couple extra insurance goals. And Jesper Bratt just looked like a man on fire out there, despite getting uh, not that much ice time compared to some of his other teammates. So, um, you know, ultimately, um, th- this was a pitch-perfect game for New Jersey Devils. Vitek Vancek looked good. And the only time I was concerned for the Devils was early on when when Dylan Larkin scored because I was just like, I think the Devils might be a little tired, but they just flipped the switch and, you know, kicked it into a new gear. Well, and for the record, Dylan Larkin does that. I mean, that that he did that all last year. He would seemingly come out and score a goal in like the first three minutes. And like that was you would think that was at the time, but the Red Wings were really bad last year. Um, but it's nice, kind of nice seeing him do that again this year. He scored a pretty quick goal. Uh, was it the night last game, game or the goal? a lot of semblance of last season? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where they came out hot and then fell apart. <laughs> not not what you want to be saying. Yeah. Um, for our purposes, Scotty, there are two Red Wings that had a, uh, above 50% Corsi four percentage in this game. And number one at 63% Corsi four percentage. So was a pot more shots, shot attempts for than shot attempts against was David Perron. Number two, the only other guy on the team that had more was on the ice for more shot attempts for than shot attempts against at five on five, Philip Zadina. So, you know, yeah. I just want to stir the pot a little bit on the Philip Zadina conversation. You want to stir the pot in a six to two loss? Of Absolutely, yeah. I do. What are we doing here, Scotty? <laughs> you always got to stir the Philip Zadina pot. Philip Zadina was the best player on a horrible team. Scotty, if we're going to give it a letter grade, let's follow Trace suit there. F? <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. Solid F minus? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with a solid F. Like a really solid. Like you're bold and italicized. F. Maybe underline it too. Yeah, I, I, not like a, not like a, you know, like a 20% F. Not like me in math class growing up, but like a, like a solid, like, like 48% F. Like you didn't even come close really, but you know. You didn't get a zero. You got something right, but like, yeah, that's an F for sure. Gotcha. All right, Trey, Vitek Vanacek. Correct. Let's go. Ending on a high note. All right. Damon Severson. Damon Severson. 
All right. Good. We're, we're good. We're good, guys. Getting a little bit better every single episode. We'll be back. Uh, any final, final thoughts, Trey, before I send us off? Uh, our next game for the Devils, at least, going to be a big challenge. We're taking on the reigning uh, Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche. Oh, yeah, that's a fun one. We're a little dinged up, but even at their worst, still not a team you can definitely not sleep on. Absolutely. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, Scotty and I will be back with you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.